please turn with me. Uh, please turn with me to Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. And I'm just reading one verse, verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Awake thou that sleepest. My friends, we can be thinking primarily just about that phrase, that one part of that sentence. Awake thou that sleepest. And my title for this evening is Spiritually Asleep spiritual uh, danger. Now we all know that sleep is good for us. We all enjoy a good night's uh, sleep. We all know that without sleep and a good night's sleep, well, we cannot really function properly the next day. It affects us mentally and affects our thinking sometimes. And uh, we just feel a little, little bit different from after we've had a good, good night. Sleep deprivation, they tell us, uh, not only affects us physically, but it may even affect us in a psychological way, and especially when we're not getting enough of it. While it may lead, the experts tell us, to all kinds of problems, all kinds of uh, difficulties for us. They say it may lead to memory loss, or to anxiety, or to obesity, or even to diabetes if we don't sleep enough. So sleep, on, uh, in, uh, physical sleep, is good for us. And we thank God for it, we receive it as a gift uh, from Him. If we can every night, day after, night after night, uh, receive a good night's rest. But spiritual sleep is really what I want to talk about uh, tonight. And use uh, this, this metaphor that is here, given to us, awake thou that sleepest. Use sleep and think really about spiritual uh, sleep. Spiritual sleep is not a good Thing to have. Spiritual sleep, friends, is detrimental to our well-being, to our spiritual health, to our spiritual well-being, to our eternal well-being. And to continue in a state of spiritual sleep, well, that will have terrible and eternal consequences for us, not only in this world, but also in the world that is to come. You may have caught the news recently of the passenger jet traveling towards Addis Ababa uh, airport, 37,000 feet, and both pilots fellas, were asleep. Both pilots were sleeping at the wheel as they were, and they crossed over the airport. And it, and it was only when the autopilot went off that they, they woke up and the alarm went, uh, went off. That aroused them, and they, they came back uh, to their senses as they were. What a tragedy it could have happened. What a terrible, fatal accident with all those passengers on that airliner could have happened if, uh, they, had, if, if they had fallen asleep for longer. Same thing happened to me, if you don't mind me saying, personal story. But there was once I was uh, driving, a uh, very similar situation, driving in the fast lane uh, with a full car, uh, friends in the, in the front and the back, and I fell asleep at the wheel. It was only for a second, but it felt like a long time. I remember also I had a dream when I was uh, driving, and I suddenly woke up after a second or two, and thankfully I was still on the fast lane. 
but it could have been far worse. It could have been fatal for me and also uh, for my friends. I was in a very precarious position. But you know something? When I was in that position, I still remember it now. When I was in that dream, I still remember the sensation that I felt. It was a nice feeling. I still remember it even after all these years. And, but I was in a, a, in a dream. And it was only when I woke up I realized how, uh, how dangerous a position it was I was in. You know, friends, we can be also like this. We can be in life and we can be enjoying the sensation of this life, as it were, having a good life and enjoying the things of this life. But then we don't realize if we're not in a right relationship with the Lord, that we're in a dangerous position. And it's only when God awakens us and God opens our eyes that we realize, oh, I must get right with him. So this is really what we're talking about from Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 14. And I just want to make some parallels, if you don't mind, between sleep and our natural sleep and spiritual sleep. Firstly, you could say a person who is sleeping, well, they're sort of in an unconscious state, isn't it? They're semi-conscious. They're not really fully aware of what's happening around them. For those few hours, uh, we are cut off from the world. We're oblivious to things which are going on around us. And so it is also with people who don't know the Lord, who are not yet saved. They are spiritually asleep. They're spiritually, you could say, unconscious of the Lord and the spiritual world. Oh, they're alive to this world. They're very much alive to the things of this world. They know what's going on. They're up to date with the news. They know about the sports and who's winning, who's winning such and such a thing. They know about the entertainments. They're fully engaged with the entertainments maybe. They're making plans for what they're going to do in life, what they're going to do tomorrow. Next year we'll do such and such a thing. We'll go to, on holiday here and there. This is our plan for life. This is how we'll spend our time very much alive and conscious of the things we must, we must make plans, we must save money, for example, because we'll need it when we're older. And so they're making plans for these things, but there's no plan for eternal things. There's an obliviousness to the, the things of the Lord. Uh, there's an inattention, an unawareness, almost it seems, of spiritual things, of the Lord. Not completely, as we'll see, but there is a sum. I've told you this illustration before. I hope you don't mind me repeating it. But there was a man, true story, there's a man who was born in a North Korean prison. And he was, he, all he knew was prison life. For some reason, he was born there. And uh, he had no idea about the outside world. All he thought about was he thought this world was prison and prison life and prison food. And it was only one day when he was older that he caught a TV program which showed the outside world. And then he realized, oh, there's so much more to it than, than what I know. There's life, there's something, things happening on the outside. Prison life is not everything. And same, for, it may be for us, friends, that uh, we are unaware of spiritual things until God awakens us. 
and we then realize uh, that there is a spiritual world. We realize and we are, that there is a, a walk. We can walk personally with God. Maybe people are unaware of this. They don't know about the Lord. So many people have a wrong idea about God. So many people think of God in a very negative way. And they think of God as if He is a hard taskmaster and they don't want to get anywhere near Him. They're not conscious. He's a good God. He's a great God, yes. He's a holy God, yes. But He also is a God with whom we may, may walk. He calls us. He's a personal God. And He calls us to walk with Him in a personal way. How could we explain this? But like a couple. Maybe it's a couple who spend time together, who walk together, who talk together, who engage in doing things together, who share things with one another in that intimate way. And that's so precious and that's so wonderful uh, to see. God calls us to such a walk with Him, a more intimate walk with Him through His Son. That I can know uh, His love, I can share things with Him, He will share things with me, I can tell Him all that I'm going through in my heart, I can open up my heart to Him, He will teach me, He will converse with me, He will help me. This is God, friends. This is the God who is so good. Oh, friends, when our eyes are opened, we discover that it's a delight to serve God. It's not a chore to serve Him. It's not something that we are doing against our will, but it's a delight to serve Him and to follow Him. We discover uh, that He is a merciful God. Maybe we're unconscious of these things. That He is a God who is willing to forgive us, a God who is kind, a God who is would befriend, befriends us and desires to befriend us and to be our help in life. A God who sent His Son. Oh, friends, so you know that God is love, that He sent His Son, His only begotten Son, into this world to die on the cross for sinners. What a great demonstration of His love. What more can He do to persuade you that He is love? Friends, this is the God. This is are you aware of these things? Are you aware of what God is really like? Are you aware of His kindness and His goodness? Are you aware that every good gift that you have in life, even in this life, comes from His hand? Even your abilities come from Him. Even the strength that you have. Even your health. Even your relationships, which are so good and wonderful. Even those are blessings from God. He has given them to you. Oh, friends, some people are uh, unaware of these things. Here's something else that we are often unaware of. Our need. Our need of salvation. Our need of God. We think we can manage okay without God. So many people, when you approach them with the gospel, they will say, I'm alright, thank you. I'm okay, thank you. They don't want to know. But they don't realize they have a great need, a need of forgiveness from God a need of pardon of all their sins, that need of salvation. Friends, are we aware of these things? But then also, when we think about sleep, often when we sleep, uh, we dream, isn't it? Uh, sometimes we have pleasant dreams, and on occasions we may have a nightmare. Uh, whatever it is, when we, if we dream, it often seems so very real to us at 
at the time? Or am I living in a dream world spiritually? And perhaps this applies more to the young. But when you're starting off in life, often you have your dream in front of you and you've got the desire to go bigger and better in life. And you have the desire for fun and pleasure. And you think, if I can only live out my life in, according to this dream I have in my mind, if I can be, we see ourselves as successful and at the top of the ladder maybe, and doing really well in life and with lots of possessions, then we say to ourselves, if I can achieve this dream, then maybe I will be, then I will be happy, then I will be content. But we find it's a delusion. Well, there is, we cannot deny, there is some happiness in these things, but it doesn't satisfy the deep needs of our soul. It doesn't satisfy the deep longings in our hearts. There is some, some joy in them, but it's a delusion, friends, to think that they will bring us entire contentment. One, something else as well. When we sleep, we are not actually 100% in, inactive. Scientists inform us that our brains uh, remain incredibly active when we are asleep. There's always rewiring and reprogramming uh, going on in our brains. And the old stuff has been put to one side and new things uh, are, are brought to the forefront and so on. A lot of activity that is happening uh, for, for us when we're asleep. It's the same for even for the unbeliever, even for... For you, maybe here today, even though you don't know the Lord, none of us can say, I totally don't know anything about God. I know nothing about Him. I'm, I, I have no idea about Him. I may not be a believer, but I know that there is a God. I know in my mind, I know in my heart, I have that sense within me that there is a supreme being. I have an idea in my mind that I cannot get rid of this idea that God is there. And I've tried maybe to live without him, but I can't get rid of him. I, can't get, I may try and suppress such a thought, but I cannot. And it ever comes back to me again and again. Sometimes I forget it. Sometimes I put it away and I manage for a week or two weeks or a month or whatever. But he'll come back to me and say, there is something more. I know that after I die, well, that's not going to be the end. Life goes on. We, we know these things. And the Bible tells us we know them because God has put eternity into our hearts. God has put eternity into each one of our hearts so that uh, to help us, to make us realize that we have an immortal soul that goes on forever. And we shouldn't suppress these things. But my mind, every now and again, uh, reminds me of these things. Oh, friends, this is a blessing uh, given to us by God. We have a conscience that awakens, that, that tells us and reproves us and tells us that we are moral beings, that tells us actions which are good and actions which are bad. And it tells us that we must stand before God one day to give an account before Him, to tell Him how we have lived our lives. What have we done with Him? What have we done with the gospel? We know, we sort of know that I must do these things. Even though I may put it away from me in my life, it comes back to me every now and again. The day of judgment is coming when I must stand before God all on my own and give an account of how I've lived my life 
what I've done with the gospel. Every time I've heard the gospel, what did I, did I respond to it? Did I believe it? Did I say, Lord, work in my heart? Or did I close my ears and think of other things? Or uh, the next moment, pass on to something else? Oh, friends, this is uh, so important for us. That, and yet such a blessing for us that our conscience tells us that we need to be right with the Lord. Something else about sleep. We enjoy sleep, isn't it? We enjoy being in that uh, state. Uh, and it's a, uh, something that we like to do. And it's the same also uh, for s spiritual sleep. Many an unconverted person, well, they, they say, sadly, they're happy to be spiritually asleep. They, they like this condition. They like to be without God. They don't want to seek the Lord. They don't want uh, God to interfere with their life. I want him to leave me alone. I don't want him to disturb me. Just like you try and wake up somebody from their sleep and they will get all grumpy and they will uh, bark back at you and snarl at you maybe as well. It's the same sometimes with people. When we tell them about the gospel and the need to be right with God and the importance of it, they might snarl back at us or they may, say, they may say, leave me alone. I don't want God in my life. I'm happy as I am. Oh, friends, we shouldn't think like this, but respond rather in a better way. But then also why it's so important is because of the great danger that uh, we are in. A spiritual soul, a spiritually sleeping soul, is exposed to great dangers. Just like one who is in a deep sleep is exposed to potential dangers. You may be a home in your, uh, you may be asleep in your home, and you may be unaware that that uh, there's a carbon monoxide leak in your home. And that detector that you have in your room is not working anymore. And that's, that could be fatal. That odorless gas could kill a person. Or you never know, a fire may break out in your home. Or a burglar may, any, at any moment, what a horrible thing that would be. A burglar may come in and you're exposed. We're exposed to all these different kinds of dangers, even in our very home when we are fast asleep. And in a similar way, a spiritual a spiritually sleeping soul is exposed also to great dangers. The unsaved person, even now, if they don't know the forgiveness of sins, is under God's judgment. Any moment he may breathe his final breath, any moment he may be ushered before the Lord to judgment, and he is in a precarious position. If he doesn't have Christ as his Savior, if he doesn't trust in the Lord, well, he's in a, 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 a dangerous uh, position for himself. God is angry with him, the Bible tells us, because of his sins. God is angry with us because we have rebelled against him, because we reject uh, his calls. God is angry with us when we reject those opportunities that he gives us to come to him and treats us these things lightly. We treat the cross on which Christ died as a passing thing, we are willing to ignore it and walk past it and say it has no effect on, on, on my life. It has no relevance to my life. This great act that God has done. 
Oh, friends, we deserve, uh, we deserve uh, God's uh, judgment, God's punishment, because our sins are dreadful in His sight. How can we, how can we be asleep when we are in such great danger? It's like a father or a, not a father, a man, maybe you could say, and he's playing on the beach, but he knows that a tsunami is coming his way, and he just carries on playing, even though he's in great danger. It would be foolish to do that, isn't it? Foolish to carry on. Your life is in such a precarious position. Oh, friends, this is how uh, we should respond even to the Lord. And the call here in, in verse 14 is, Awake, awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Awake, that's the exhortation. Arouse, do something. Awake, wake up from your spiritual slumber. Wake up from your indifference uh, to the Lord. Realize that the danger that you're in. Realize your current state is not the best state, that you're out of Christ. Do something. Stir yourself. Begin, friends, to seek the Lord if you haven't done it before. If you've never done that in your life, begin today. It's not too late. Begin to pray and to think seriously about uh, the gospel and about your life and about your soul and ask those questions. Don't run away from those questions. Awake to those questions. Lord, how is it with my soul? Lord, when I die, when I be, will you receive me? Am I ready to die? These are the questions, friends, it's good to face up to even now. Be active in seeking him. Cry to him earnestly for light and blessing. Oh, how, how we need to shake off our spiritual apathy. You know, if we've been in, in a deep sleep or a long sleep, maybe for many years we've been spiritually asleep, it's harder to wake a person up. And but we must still attempt to do it. Maybe for many, many years you've resisted the Lord. Many, many years you've not listened and to his calls, but still he calls you. Now it's not too late. Now come to him. Then attempt it, friends. Awaken to his call. Say, Lord, yes, I've put, put you off for so long. I've been a rebel. I've been un, uh, unwilling to, uh, to yield to you. I've deliberately kept you out of my life. I've got on with my own life. But Lord, have mercy upon me. I'm beginning to feel my need for you. I'm beginning to feel my need for salvation. Lord, I've been so happy in the things of this life. Lord, I've had everything that I need and I'm thankful to you for, but I don't have you. I don't have your salvation and I need that above everything else. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for the good things in life. I'm thankful for my home and my job. I'm thankful for the successes I have, but I don't have you. Lord, I need a you. This is the way, friends. Cry to him for forgiveness. Lord, forgive my sins. I still lie unpardoned, unforgiven, unaccepted by you. Help me, Lord. Be merciful to me. And you have that promise there. And Christ shall give thee light. This is a promise that we call to him. We arouse ourselves, take ourselves in hand, and call upon the Lord Jesus Christ for mercy and salvation. 
he will turn to us. He will give us life. Seek him sincerely and he will turn uh, to you. He will give you light about uh, this world. He will give you insight and knowledge about uh, yourself, about himself. You will come to know him. You will come to know the reality of prayer, the reality of walking with God, knowing his help in your life day after day, and many answers to prayer whereby he will prove that he is the true and living God to give you the light of heaven. When you pass from this world, you're guaranteed a place in heaven if you trust in Christ and you come to him. This is just a few of the things, friends, that the Lord Jesus uh, gives to us. So, awake, thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Well, I just close with what we are, something from our reading. We read from that parable of uh, Lazarus and the rich man. Some people say it's a true story, but you remember from what we read, uh, the rich man, well, he fared sumptuously every day. Every day, we could say, was a good day for him. Everything more or less went well for him in life. He had a good life. He had a prosperous life. But at the end, after death, well, he awoke, the, 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 the verses tell us, in hell. He awoke to everlasting condemnation. Lazarus, on the other hand, well, he was just a beggar. He didn't have the great things in life, he had, but he did have faith in Christ. He was a believer in Christ, and we read of him that he awoke in heaven, and he awoke to eternal joys and eternal happiness, eternal bliss with the Lord forever and ever. This is the way, friends. This is how we want to end our days. Regardless of how much we have in life, do I have faith in Christ? Am I trusting him for salvation? Am I believing in him with all my heart? Come to him, friends. Take him, receive him. If you've never done it before, awaken and begin to seek the Lord today until you find him. Let's pray together. O oh Lord, our God, <clears throat> our gracious Heavenly Father, come and stir our hearts, Lord. Touch us, Lord, that we may have a desire even to seek after Thee and to be right with Thee. O oh Lord, bring each one of us here into Thy grace and favour to know Thy love, to know, Lord, Thy mercy, to know Thee, the living God, and, O oh Lord, to walk with Thee day by day. O oh God, have mercy upon us and bless us each one. We ask in our Saviour's name. Amen. We close uh, by singing our final hymn, number 388. Thou God of glorious majesty, 388.